Welcome to Stacking M's, the podcast where we talk about marketing, money, and mindset because stacking millions won't happen without a consistent focus on those things. My name is Tara Payton. I'm a marketing expert and coaching consultant who spent 14 years working with major corporations and Fortune 500 companies, helping them with their marketing to make them millions. So this podcast is a place for me to help product-based and consumer business owners like you learn how to optimize your marketing to make more, learn how to leverage your money, and how to invest to grow your business. Also, we're talking about how to make sure your mindset is always elevating so you can actually enjoy this ride. Turn up the volume, prepare to take some notes, and get ready to really stack those M's. So welcome to another episode of Stacking M's. I'm Tara Payton, marketing consultant and business coach. And you know we focus here on marketing, money, and mindset. And I have a very special guest today, Ariane Turner. And she is the CEO of Look Good, Live Well. And we're going to get all into what that is, what that means, and kind of the vision that she has for her brand. Um, so first, yeah, let's jump right into Thank that. Thank you for tell having us, me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming. I love it. Seriously. So um, tell us who you are, how you got into beauty. Wow. That's a long story. Literally, a 20-year story. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, I now have a skincare line, but my journey in beauty has been, oh my God, ever since I was in high school, it's always been something that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. It was my hustle through college. It was the way mm-hmm. that I paid for school. What were I you decided, doing Yeah. I decided mm-hmm. that I would be an out-of-state resident. I had plans mm-hmm. to go to school here in Atlanta, and then at the last minute decided I wanted to go to FAMU. Best decision I ever okay. made. HBC go in the building. Go yes. Morgan State. Go Bears. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I made the decision to, um, to go to school out-of-state, and so about after a year my parents were like yeah that tuition is kicking and so they're private too right mm-hmm. and yeah. so I got um a job at a makeup counter and had always just been interested in playing around with it but that's where I really learned and honed my craft mm-hmm. um and that was how I paid for school that was my little hustle and when I graduated and moved back home I graduated with a degree in industrial psychology so I always mm-hmm. loved business mm-hmm. uh, but more so the psychology of business how to keep employees happy how to keep mm-hmm. everybody motivated right Um, investing in people was always really important to me, but also making them beautiful. And so um, I decided that I wanted to continue in that um, that field of makeup artistry. I tried to do both for a little bit. And then during the recession, 20, I think it was 2006. Yeah. 07, 08. Yeah, around that time. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter was very young. I had her in 05 and I was working in HR. I left makeup because I was like, okay, I got this kid. I need benefits. I can't just be out here winging it with clients. It's time Mm -hmm. to get serious and get a job. So I would still do weddings and stuff on the weekend, but I was primarily focused on HR. And when the recession happened, I was required to... Um, it was my job to call and do these mass layoffs. Mm-hmm. I was firing like hundreds of grown men over the phone at the wow. same time and just would hear them sob. And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to be on the other end of this phone call ever. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of the recession, I made a really scary decision. Um, and I was like, I'm quitting. I'm going to quit my corporate job and I'm going to just wow. pursue my career in makeup. And so mm-hmm. I was living, of course, here in Atlanta at the time. And I thought that the only way that I could have a consistent career in makeup was to work for CNN. And at the time to do that, you had to be a licensed cosmetologist because mm-hmm. you had to do both hair and makeup. So I went to school. Um, I completely had to downsize my life. Like 
not even downsized. Like I got kicked out of my apartment. Um, I had to move back in with my parents, like with a small child now. Mm -hmm. And I, but I told them I got a plan. Like, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to get this um, license. I'm going to work at this job. It's going to be great. Just trust me. And my parents have been so good, so supportive. So whatever crazy ride I take them on, they're Mm -hmm. always down for it. So, um, I did. And I, when I was in cosmetology school, I learned, I studied full aesthetics. So hair, Mm -hmm. skin, and nails. And that's where my passion for skin Mm -hmm. was kind of birthed um, from that experience. And of course, as luck would have it, I graduated from cosmetology school and never worked in, I never got hired at CNN. They never, they never called me. I'll never call me back. It's all right though. It worked for the best. (laughs) Um, But I ended up meeting someone who was working for Tyler Perry Studios at the time. And so Mm -hmm. then that began a career in film and television. Mm -hmm. And I literally started and did not stop. Like for 12 years, it was consistent, hard, hard, hard. Um, My passion for skincare was kind of fueled there because from a makeup artist perspective, my work was only as good as my talent skin. So it didn't matter how wonderful I did makeup, if their skin was suffering, then um, my job wasn't going to look good and I wasn't about to let that happen. So I really Mm -hmm. began to dig deep and try to understand the science behind skin Mm -hmm. because it was never about a product. It was like, what ingredient can I use to help, you know, get her wonderful results? What's going to clear her skin up? Mm-hmm. At the same time, while I was working um, on set, the hours are brutal. So I was working between, you know, 16, 18 plus hours a day. Um, I was never saying no to craft services. So I was eating all the snacks. Uh. Um, I wasn't moving my body. Like I complete every, co- completely forgot every wellness practice I ever had established. And so mm-hmm. my skin reflected that. So at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm trying to save my talent skin. I'm trying to save my own. And so in between projects, that's when um, Look Good, Live Well was born. And then mm. in the pandemic, um, at the top of the pandemic, like right away, production as everything, the whole world shut down, mm-hmm. but film and television did as well. And we knew that going back, it would never, ever look the same. We didn't mm-hmm. know what the COVID protocols would be at the time, but we just knew it was going to be completely different. Um, by that time, I had already hit burnout a few times and mm-hmm. I realized burnout isn't something that you manage through a moment of self-care like Mm -hmm. burnout is the effect what was the cause the cause was these extreme working conditions the hours all of that and that's not something that I could change and Mm -hmm. so I decided to press play and go full throttle with my skincare line so I Mm -hmm. took my little stimulus check and I (laughs) invested it in myself and I was like I don't know when this is going to, you know, when this side of the world is going to ever open up again. But for right now, luckily I had done all of the groundwork. So I had worked okay. with my chemist. I had gotten the formulations that I wanted, but mm-hmm. I just had, I thought I had so much time on my side. So mm-hmm. I was really playing around with it. But, um, during March when that pandemic happened, I was like, I got a, I got this kid Go who's now 16. I was like, I got this full adult who's getting ready to go to college soon. Mm-hmm. I got to make something shake for her. So that's when I really put a full emphasis on, on that. So you said a lot and I'm going <laughs> to try to get to all of it. But first of all, 16 year old where? Yes. I'm 40. Like, I'm 40. I'm 40. I'm 40. <laughs> If y'all can see my producer's face right now, oh, she's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> like, legit. Okay. You are gorgeous. Thank you. But, uh, definitely, you know, this is why skincare is important. <laughs> so we're going to get into that, right? <laughs> um, and all of the things outside of just, you know, your skincare routine, like what yes. that actually means. It's not just products. But I, I promise I'm going to get there. Okay. Yes. I had to acknowledge that. 
Second thing, you talked about, you know, uh, leaving your job, having to move back in with your parents, yeah. with a child, right, as you weren't an entrepreneur at the time, but I would love if you were open to sharing, like, what was your mindset around that time? How were you feeling? What was your thought process? I felt like, and I told my parents, like, we just got to stay down until we come up. Like, I mm. always knew that, for me, taking a step back, like, getting evicted was never the plan. Like, I never wanted to get evicted. So, of course, like, I was trying to hustle and make it happen mm -hmm. and connect the dots financially. But I just was strapped. And so, I knew that that it wasn't going to work out. I, I knew I wasn't going to make the rent. So, before they put me out, I was like, let me just hurry up and get out of this place. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, when I proposed the idea to my parents, like, I need to move back in, but it'll be for just this amount of time. I always knew that even taking that step back, because now I'm an adult. Now I'm, you know, 27, 20, you know, seven-ish with a kid. So all mm -hmm. of my friends are married. Mm -hmm. They are working in their fields. And I am the girl that is in cosmetology school and I'm working in the mall. I was working at Mac at the makeup mm -hmm. counter. And so I would come in and service my friends like in their corporate job. And so mm -hmm. there, I think one time I felt like I felt away, like a little bit embarrassed. But I think other than that, I just, I really did have full confidence in myself. Like I mm -hmm. knew that something was gonna pop off and I was doing what I love. Like mm -hmm. I really loved creating. And so I never, I never doubted my ability to, to create. Where did you get that confidence from? I don't know. Have you always had it? I think so. I think okay. that's something that was um, instilled in me from my parents and my my grandmother. And I think it was definitely a very spiritual thing, like just believing that God is in me and mm -hmm. not something, not an external force or, you know, some higher power that I have to um, pray with, pray for, or pray to, and then wait for some blessing to drop down. Mm -hmm. I always was taught to trust the God in me, mm -hmm. that God is with me, God is in me. And because of that, there's literally nothing that I can't do. And um, I have a very supportive and open and honest and transparent family. Mm -hmm. So they, we have always talked about our lows, but also talked about our highs. So I had a mm -hmm. lot of examples of people that, um, that did it. My dad worked in entertainment for I mean, my whole life, like he still does. And so several other family members, my aunts, they've all been entrepreneurs. And so I had living, breathing examples of people who were able to pivot on the drop of a dime. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, it was never a question like, I wonder if this will work. Like, and then I got this kid. So it was mm -hmm. like, it has to work. Mm -hmm. I'll do whatever it takes. If it was me, I might've been a little bit more lax, mm -hmm. but um, my daughter definitely put a different battery in my bag. Like we got to make it work. So how did that, how now... Are you imparting this confidence in your daughter? Especially because, you know, we grew up in a different time, yeah. right? Less social media, yeah. less influences and things like that. How are you making sure that your daughter has that confidence at she's 16? Yeah. That's a pivotal age. So same thing, like really talking to her, making sure that she's got that spiritual foundation. That was very important to me. Um, we recently had a conversation because for, um, for a long time, she really wanted to go into nursing. Mm -hmm. She really thought that she wanted to be a nurse. And so I, of course, supported her through that. This year, she got into a business 
class. I won't even say randomly, but she was placed in this class and she wasn't supposed to be there because she's supposed mm. to be along the healthcare track. But she's in this marketing class and she's killing it, like mm. almost 100. So I'm like, is this teacher not giving her hard work? Like, mm -hmm. what's up? So I reach out to the teacher and she's like, no, your daughter is just really good at this. Mm -hmm. So I talk to her and I'm like, yo, what's up with this class? Like, you're mm -hmm. kind of killing it. And she's like, it's so fun. And she just lights up in a different way. So I'm mm -hmm. like that. Like that feeling that mm. that you have, that ease, like settle into the ease. Like mm -hmm. it, life doesn't have to be hard. I know you, why do you want to be a nurse? Right. So she's like, I want to be a travel nurse because I want to travel and I want to help people. And I'm like, baby girl, there's a lot of ways that you so can do that, right? People. You yes. can do that. You mm -hmm. don't have to be a nurse, but this is something that comes to you natural. So um, I say all that to say, I really... She, this, she's been around for the entire journey, clearly, and I'm very honest with her about the highs as well as the lows, and mm -hmm. she understands, like, those periods of transition. Mm -hmm. um, right now, I'm in one because I just decided, like, officially to walk away from film and television in that capacity. Like, I'm not mm -hmm. showing back up on set ever, like, a make, as a makeup artist again, mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know, we're stepping out on faith. But what that looks like is every day I'm not just sitting around like, oh, I hope something works. No, I've got a schedule and I've managed my time and I'm nurturing these relationships. So I make her a part of those conversations so that she can see what that looks like. So hopefully mm -hmm. she learns to trust her gut, trust her intuition and, mm -hmm. you know, make solid choices, but also to push those boundaries. Like right. you don't know what you got in you until you test it. You got to right. test the limits right. a little bit. So I love that. And I love that she was randomly put into a marketing Me too. class. Me too. <laughs> and it's doing so good. So now she's like, cause I was like, everybody I know went to college and changed their major. And you may do that too. You mm -hmm. may go and change. You may get the degree and decide you never want to work in that field, but don't mm -hmm. be afraid to change. Mm -hmm. Don't ever feel, don't ever stay in a situation longer than necessary because you feel like you had a time commitment. Right. That's prison. Right. That's right. like being in jail. Right. <laughs> time Basically. served. Basically. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to do that. Absolutely not. Nah. So, um, all right, let's talk about Look Good, Live Well. Look Good, Tell Live Well. Tell us a little bit more about, you talked to us about doing, um, you know, makeup on set and yeah. things like that. And that was a part of the inspiration for Look Good, Live Well. Yeah. Did anything else inspire the brand? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So while I was working on the brand um, at home, again, now we're in the pandemic, um, I needed to make some money. My unemployment was, was like messed up. Mm. Um, and so I'm like, I got to keep the money coming in. And so I started to, I always had a, a very um a very strong and familial presence on social media mm -hmm. so it it's not abnormal for me to like to have full conversations in my dms mm -hmm. like i am friends with a lot of people that follow me or you know i hate even saying the word follow but i've made really real connections with the individuals that are on my page and so i always was very open about my skin and mm -hmm you know, whatever I was dealing with, whether it was acne or hyperpigmentation. And so I created space for other people to do the same. And so mm -hmm. I decided to do virtual skincare consultations. So I would meet with people online and we would spend, or they would send me like a profile ahead of time. I would do research on their skin. And then we would have conversations about we would sit down for a consultation and I would walk through their diet, their lifestyle, um, their home, like how often you change your air filters, do you mm. have plants, like all of these things that really do play a factor in our skin. And so mm. we would talk about all of those things and then I would write them up a um, almost a prescription of products that they wow. needed to get. And so what I was doing without even knowing it was market research. Absolutely. So I realized, okay, I got, I've talked to 500 women now, like within a matter of a couple of months. And 
and I know their greatest concern is hyperpigmentation. So mm -hmm. it wasn't a question when I was thinking about my line, do I launch a serum? No, I launched the, the treatment product that addresses that. Right. So um, by then, unknowingly, I had already warmed up the audience. I already found out what they needed. And so now I already had done the work on the back end to mm -hmm. have the products produced. It was a full line, but I decided what to release first as a result of those conversations that we had. How important was that market research to you? Because some people aren't even willing to get on a phone call to thank a customer for making a purchase, right? And so oh. one of the things that I talk about a lot with my clients and my students, and one of the first things you do inside of Position to Profit is you put together a customer survey, right? Yes. If you're not going to talk to people, at least you put together a survey, yeah. get that feedback, right? Yeah. I don't know if y'all caught it. She <laughs> said she spoke to 500 women yeah. and it helped her. Yeah. Her, helped inform how she went to market. Seriously, because right? I literally was like, I need a five-step line. I do have one, but mm -hmm. they weren't asking for that. They weren't asking for a cleanser. They were asking for what do I do for this acne? I've got right. masking now. I've never had this in my life. What is oh, this? And now I have these dark spots. Mm -hmm. What do I do? So I sold that product first, and then after that, they were like, well, what do I do next? Like, what's mm. the next step after I rinse the mask off? I'm like, okay, I got you. Now right. you can do this. And that was a way for me to introduce the entire line. But yeah, I think as creatives, it's easy to keep creating. Like, that's the easy part yes. to stay in, in that zone. <laughs> Just keep making up yep. stuff. But um, stepping outside of myself and listening to what people want. And it's something I have to check myself all the time. Like, mm -hmm. I'm big on sustainability and mm -hmm. saving the planet and the environment mm -hmm. and recycling. And that is something that I want to, um, that I am infusing into my line. But I had to, to pause because I'm going through a rebrand and I'm like talking to my one of my mentors. I'm like, I want to do all glass packaging. And I'm just like, your customers didn't ask for that. Like, they don't care about that right now. Give mm -hmm. them a commitment, your sustainability commitment, what you plan to do over the next several years. Take that money and invest in, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I'm mm -hmm. like, oh my God, that's so smart. I never asked people if they cared about recycling or if they even recycle their products. That's just me. You, yep. Right, so I think you're absolutely right. Like checking in with your customers, having those conversations and finding out what matters to them and what they want. Mm -hmm. It sounds so simple, but people don't do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hey, real quick, it's Tara. I want to interrupt this episode to help you with something I hear from my community far too often. I get constant emails, DMs, and messages from e-commerce and product-based founders that are struggling with how to properly market their brands online for growth. Because thus far, they've posted online, they've told their friends and family, but they're not having any luck. So I decided to do something about it, and I put together a free gift for you. It's called the Profitable Marketing Playbook. Inside the playbook, you're going to learn what it takes for your brand to win online, the action steps that you need to take to create marketing campaigns that are going to get you paid. You'll even get access to the same framework that we use with my clients in order to consistently grow their visibility and sales. The playbook also includes a checklist because I know some of y'all love your checklist and inside this checklist it's going to show you what to spend most of your time focused on and it will cover the metrics that you need to monitor for each of your campaigns so you know if you're getting a good return. I know that you're tired of struggling with sales and you're ready to grow your brand so you can finally experience double digit growth. So right now, I want you to go to www.profitablemarketingplaybook.com, 
or scroll down to the show notes now to grab your free copy today. So I'm going to switch slight gears here a little bit. So at, as, as far as the business is concerned, um, you know, when you think about how you decided to grow your brand, mm-hmm. how you decided to go to market, how, do, how you decided to launch, you did it a little differently, right? Mm-hmm. So you've gone after grants. Yeah. You've won a huge grant, yeah. right? Um, what was the thought process behind building your business using other people's money? At first, honestly, it wasn't my choice. It was not mm. my choice. I really just planned to, I knew that I didn't want to take out debt. Mm-hmm. And so I was prepared to just bootstrap the entire mm-hmm. way. Just, and so what that essentially means is the income that came in, I would tuck, you know, some away, of course, for savings. I would just reinvest though, every mm-hmm. single thing. Like I'm not going to draw a payroll. I'm just going to keep flipping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I told myself, I'm going to flip this money until I can't, you know, anymore. And so this grant opportunity appeared um, in my DMs three times from different people. And on the last day of the grant um, application, like within hours of it being due, somebody else sent it to me. And I was like, mm. all right, I'll do it. And then it was, re- it required a video. And I was like, oh, I don't want to record a video. <laughs> I just got off of work. I look ugly. I was about to say, you probably had to get your face together. I didn't even bother. I did oh, it in a hoodie. See, those are the best. It was the best. I did it in my hoodie, which yes. I'm always in a hoodie when I'm working. So I did it in my little, my sweatshirt. And um, I did it and I killed it. And I got accepted as a finalist for the grant and that enough I was like oh my god I can't even believe mm-hmm. they they picked me that they you know sought me out but I'm like wow this is amazing um we do the pitch day I had never pitched a day in my life I wasn't prepared mm-hmm. to pitch um but as you know luck would have it as God would have it rather I was working on a film project and we were shut down for quarantine so I had two solid weeks mm-hmm. to prepare so I just immersed myself that in timing it. Was yeah like timing is divine aligned it right was. so I just I spent every day like looking up pitch competitions online and I was like this is boring like they mm-hmm. felt they felt like robots like hello I'm so-and-so with blah 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 I'm mm-hmm. like oh y'all are whack I'm not doing mine this way so um we had the run through and we all had to like rehearse our pitch and I was shook. I couldn't remember anything and everybody else was, they had done it so many times. I could tell that they were, I was like, God, I don't know how this is going to go. But I was like, what I have is personality. Like Mm -hmm. I know that I have personality. I don't mind talking to people. I love connecting with people. So I was like, I just got to figure out a way to make that connection happen. So we pitch, um, we were supposed to find out the results in 20 minutes. We ended up, it ended up taking so long, like over an hour. And I was like, ooh, this is my, this must be a hard deliberation. And so mm-hmm. we come back, they announced the winner and it wasn't me. So I didn't mm. win. And so I'm like, dang, okay. But the sister that did win was so bomb. I wasn't even mad about nice. it. I was just like, of course it's her. Like yes. she, she had a plan for the money. Like she already mm-hmm. had, you know, proven traction in the market. Just, she checked every box. So mm-hmm. she absolutely should have won. And so then they're like, but you know, we have a, there was another company that just really blew us away and we really want to make the commitment and, and we really want to invest. So I was like, wow, this is nice. So at this time I'm thinking this could be me. Like, I feel like they're talking about me. me? This could be me, but I never thought that I thought that I was going to win like some mentoring sessions. 
because okay. we all got, you know, one mentoring session. The grand prize winner got multiple. So I was like, I'll get, you know, she won a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So I was like, I'll get maybe ten or five or one thousand and I'll get some mentoring calls. They said that I won a hundred thousand dollars. So I lose it. I'm like, Hurrah! like I'm screaming. <laughs> My daughter runs downstairs. Like, and oh. this was all on Zoom, right? Yeah, it was so like I'm a like Zoom thing. literally knocking things over. <laughs> I'm a mess. Like I couldn't believe it. Like you guys gave me a hundred thousand dollar grant. Like you're not asking for any equity, which I wouldn't have done anyway. Like mm-hmm. if it was a pitch where they would have wanted some equity, absolutely not. Like mm-hmm. I'm too, my company's too young to be giving any bit of it away. So um, I knew not to do that, but I'm like, y'all giving me a hundred thousand dollars, like <laughs> sky free. I couldn't believe it. I I, re- I couldn't believe it. I was so grateful, um, and it literally was like answered prayers. Mm-hmm. Answered prayers. Mm-hmm. Now, what did you use the money for or what are you using the money for? Um, some of it I use for, which I told them like one thing that was really important to me was rebranding and being mm-hmm. able to connect with and work with women or freelancers, women of color mm-hmm. that were freelancers. So I had a really bomb social media um, person helping me out, um, just finding weak spots in my business, things I wasn't good at Mm -hmm. that I needed help with and being able to contract others to pop in. And then, like I said, I'm doing a rebrand with an amazing, you know, woman, black woman led company and they are killing it. So I cannot wait for that to, you know, to launch at the top of next year. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And then the rest just sitting there, just waiting until, I don't know. (laughs) Until until something, but what it really has also allowed me to do is um, create some 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 space and some breathing room with my company, so Mm -hmm. I didn't feel the pressure of okay, I gotta return to set. It's like no, I have a little bit of room where you know I can take a few months off to just create and Mm -hmm. just focus and operate in my zone of genius. So. Mm Two years from now, where is Look Good, Live Well? Look Good, Live Well is going to be on the shelves of Sephora. Okay. Maybe Nordstrom's. We got to see like what this retail market is looking like. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely want to continue to extend, expand my D to C, which mm-hmm. is direct to consumer. So building up my online presence. Um, but yeah, I definitely see her in retail. I see her as a global um, not just skincare, it's a lifestyle brand, essentially. Mm-hmm. Skincare just happened to be the first thing that I launched from it. So okay. I see a full spectrum of amazing products. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about skincare because I'm sure there are some people that are watching this that may be struggling. Some folks who, you know, like may have that mask need, the hyperpigmentation, um, I know you can't do a custom consult, yeah. right? But like, what are some things that everyone should do as a part of their skincare routine? Easy. So one thing that sets Look Good, Live Well apart from any other skincare line on the market is that not only do we believe in non-toxic ingredients, but we use non-toxic language when we're talking about mm. our customers. So I think that we all have gravitated to and understand the concept of positive thinking, the importance and power in our words and affirmations. Um, but that's something that I don't feel like has triggered down to the beauty industry so i hate when i see words even as simple as anti-aging like why don't we want to age what's the alternative i don't want the alternative i want to age we want to do so gracefully right Mm but um specifically as a black woman a lot of the conditions that we have with our skin hyperpigmentation specifically it's like we got to banish those dark spots we have to and it, it it puts this it, it, it presents this energy that makes us feel like we have to take a very aggressive approach with our skin. And so oh, we wow. reach for 
acids that are going to burn or, you know, we want to do the strongest thing because we are so frustrated. But when you step back and you think about it, when you learn, because nobody just randomly thinks about it, but when you have an opportunity to be educated, like, you know, a line like mine, you realize that the hyperpigmentation is your body's natural response to inflammation. So for whatever mm. reason, whether it be stress, diet, um, genetics, whatever it is, your body experienced some level of inflammation and you had a breakout. Mm -hmm. Your body, in trying to heal and protect you, sends all of this melanin up to try to cover up that spot. So that's what is left behind. That's the mm -hmm. hyperpigmentation. So it's like, damn. My body was trying to help me. My body was trying to heal me. Why am mm. I going to war with it? Got and it. so the entire line is just about celebrating what the body does naturally, mm. understanding it's a huge component of education. So educating the consumer on what is happening with their body mm -hmm. and then just really encouraging them to take a more gentle approach. So all of the I products like are focused on increasing hydration in the skin because mm. water is seriously the cure all for everything. It sure so is. increasing hydration and reducing hyperpigmentation. But like I said, we do it with non-toxic ingredients and non-toxic products mm -hmm. um, or non-toxic language. So the number one step is to make peace with your skin, with your body, with your changes. If you're experiencing some, like I said, I'm 40, my friends are 40. So we're starting to see fine lines and wrinkles instead. I don't uh, see no fine lines and wrinkles. Some of okay. us are some, yeah, some mm -hmm. people I know are, I'm not, I'm not there yet, but mm -hmm. kind of just accepting what your body does, understanding why it's doing it and supporting approaching your skincare from a position of I'm supporting what my body is trying to do naturally. It just mm -hmm. needs a little bit of help in some areas. You see beautiful results, mm -hmm. like beautiful, beautiful results. I never thought of, especially coming from the beauty industry, I never thought of how harsh the language was until oh. you just said, you know, like anti-Asian, yeah. let's banish this and yeah. let's erase our, our, this. It's stubborn and acne. It's problematic skin. It's, mm. you know, if you want good skin, so you do this. Some people just genetically, some people just have a genetic predisposition for acne. And mm -hmm. then also the it, it's telling you whenever you have a breakout i always tell my my customers there's no such thing as a random breakout you didn't just break out randomly so Something my daughter it. is like in tune so she's mm -hmm. i'm like what's up how you doing today i had a breakout on my forehead i think it was because i ate x y and z or i had my scarf tied too tight you're mm -hmm. absolutely right so when we break out in different areas it is indicative of something that's going on internally so instead of it being a moment for us to reach outside of ourselves to find a solution even though i sell products i still encourage my customers to go inward are you stressed out? Mm -hmm. Are you eating well? You know, because mm -hmm. when you say people, when you say hormones, people always think estrogen or testosterone, right. but cortisol, the stress hormone. We are in a pandemic. Things are crazy, Everybody's right? Cortisol is probably like through the roof, right? So yeah. yeah, some of it is nasty, but some of it is. This is the area that's associated with your hormones, mm -hmm. and so this is going to be the area where you're breaking out. So that it, some of it is maskne, some of it is just stress. Mm -hmm. So I can give you these good products to use, but also, what are you doing to manage your stress? So right. it's wonderful to be able to have those types of conversations with customers. I love that. And your customers can get a consultation as well as purchase the At product. one point in time, they could. So the okay. consultations are on pause. Oh, they, right they on, never mind. They on pause. They're on pause. But maybe by the time this airs, <laughs> it'll be opened up. Maybe by the time, maybe yeah, I'll she's going to have you. a team of people yes. to do the consultations. Yeah, yes. because I would become really involved. Like, I want to know how you're, I, I would get really, really involved and very specific. And so I just didn't have the time for, and I wasn't doing my, um, my customers, my clients justice. And so I mm -hmm. took a step back so that I could come back in a way that really 
serve them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So you talked a lot about affirmations, about being gentle to ourselves mm-hmm. and spirituality as well, right? Yeah. I would love to know how has how does that influence not only your business, but also your life? Ooh. Um, I think I'm my, I would love to say I'm my biggest hype woman. I got a very strong and supportive tribe, um, but I really speak positive things over myself every day. Mm. And journaling is something that's really big. That's like a huge factor in my, what I call my wellness toolkit. Um, and so I write things down and I'm able to go back and look at like when things are low, I'm able to go back and like, damn, that, that happened. I don't even know when it happened. I don't Mm. even remember, but that happens or this was small to me. And now that's not even a big deal or, um, just being able to go back and look at those wins, those things keep me going. But yeah, staying self-motivated in this space and then who you surround yourself with. Like mm-hmm. I've intentionally positioned myself with other founders, other entrepreneurs who are a few steps ahead of me, who can, mm-hmm. you know, coach me and put me up on game. And then some people that are, um, you know, not where I am quite yet. Mm-hmm. And I can, you know, teach them what I've learned and motivate and encourage them. And so having that healthy dialogue, um, it encourages me and it challenges me mm-hmm. in in really beautiful ways so i can't end the podcast without asking you this question i don't want this to end Yo, we could keep going okay what are we talking about girl <laughs> all the things listen let's talk about all the things we're going to do a spiritual retreat that helps heal your skin I right do that. All of the, yes i want to do it like let's get into that that sounds fantastic i need you to plan it though or your team can plan it Okay. I'll show up. I know a team that'll plan it. Yeah. Okay, well, let's do it. <laughs> like, when we doing this? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. But this question is, it's fun. So, um, you know, for the podcast, we focus on marketing, money, and mindset. I yes. feel like we've touched all of the topics here mm-hmm. with you today. So, my question for you is, on each one, I want you to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10. Okay. So, your marketing. So, 10 being what? 10 being amazing, excellent, 1 being... It's, it's in the ghetto. Mm. This rebrand is a, a 12. <laughs> oh, it's a 12? Yeah. Okay, turn up. It's bomb. It's so good. I'm so Wait, proud. don't tell us yet. Don't I'm tell not, us yet. It's, okay, it's a 12? It's so good. It's so good. Mm. I got my mood board back the other day, and I shared it with a, a friend, and she was like, this doesn't even look like a skincare brand. I'm like, perfect. Yes. We nailed it. Yes. Like, I don't want to look like anybody else. Yes. I don't want to look, I don't want customers to, to, to see and feel that. Like, I really want to create a vibe and mm-hmm. we have done that. Like, mm-hmm. I want people to feel joy when they see my products, when they see the marketing collateral. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the area of like era of videos, like video mm-hmm. vixens and like videos being highly produced. Mm-hmm. So, um, marketing from that perspective is something that I'm really invested in. And so I'm, yes. I'm excited. The visuals are yes. very important. Visuals are. Yes. I can't wait to see it. I'm excited too. <laughs> All right, so on the money, scale of one to ten. What do you mean? Like how I'm doing with it? How you um, doing with it? However you see the, the money. Um, I feel like money is a seven. I'll honestly okay. say a seven. I feel good about money. I feel good about how I've raised money. Um, I feel very good and confident with how I've scaled so far. Mm-hmm. But this is my new baby, and I don't want to... I never want to overspend, you know? Got so it. I think that there is a little bit of fear 
mixed in with my, you know, my hesitancy. Are you working with anything to help you manage the money? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that um, how I manage money in my regular life is really different from Mm. how I manage my business's money. Like, how is it different? Um, as (laughs) as (laughs) Uh (laughs) Ariane treats herself, she believes in luxury. She works hard and she plays hard. She gets Mm -hmm. a coin. She's gonna put some away. But I definitely, um, I definitely enjoy the fruits of my labor. Mm-hmm. With my business, I am very tight. I am mm. very, very, very tight. Like the budget is very strict. And um, this year, I, I like the past several months, I've really learned the importance of and the benefit of hiring, you know, hiring help. Yes. Um, because I was just trying to be cheap and just trying to do everything on my own. And it showed. Mm-hmm. Or I would try to cut corners. And so learning when to spend, why to spend um, has been something that's new to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, having trusted advisors is so clutch with that, like reaching out to people that you can be transparent with. I don't know what right. I'm doing with this. I got this chunk of money. I don't want to mess it up. Mm-hmm. Help me do right by this. So mm-hmm. being able to be honest about where you are financially has been a big revelation for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what about the mindset? Scale one to 10. 10. Okay. I feel good. good. I spend a lot of time like really working on my mindset. I um, check in with myself often. I know mm-hmm. when I'm, I'm low, I don't feel uncomfortable communicating that. Like I, mm-hmm. I feel really good about asking for help. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel really good about, you know, celebrating what I need to celebrate. And then, like I said, saying like, okay, right now I don't have it figured out. Or I texted a friend the other day. I had this huge like on air opportunity and it freaked me all the way out. And I was like, I want to go out the back door. Like, I just don't know if anybody will notice I'm freaking out. I (laughs) am dying right now. And she's like, okay, chill. But Mm -hmm. I think creating space and being able to get it out. And mm-hmm. not just chugging through like everything is good. I'm, you know, everything is fine. Mm-hmm. That positivity, false positivity culture, I think is very toxic. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to acknowledge wherever you are um, and acknowledge the emotion. And I think that it doesn't mean an absence of faith mm-hmm. um, or, you know, you're not being aligned. I don't believe any of those things. But I think that when I'm able to say I'm, I'm feeling really low, like I'm scared, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. That's an opportunity for me to get that assist from God. Like, mm-hmm. yo, I'm tapping in. Right. I, I need I know we're always here in step rocking together, but right. right now, please, like I need this to be all you because I ain't got it. Mm-hmm. So I really do believe that um in my weakness and in my moments of transparency, I'm made stronger through God. And so I love that. And you know, speaking about transparency, you know, one of the things like this podcast scared the hell out of me. Just recording it, I you bet. know, reaching out to people, getting guests and things like that. So I'm becoming more open to being more vulnerable about saying, okay, I'm scared or, you know, I need support and asking. But when you say it, like you said, you're vocalizing it. You get so much in return. Yes. You get way more than you expected the return to be just by being vulnerable and upfront and honest. So I love that you share that. Absolutely right. And you're doing it. You're killing it. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) So another question about um, mindset. I don't want to let this slip through. What were some of the things that helped you get to a 10? First Mm. of all, have you always been at a 10? Mm, No. Okay. I think that I struggled with, well, I definitely have ADHD. 
So mm-hmm. my mind is like, I tried to explain it to a friend. She's like, what is that like? I'm like, imagine like your headphones before everybody went to AirPods, like when you would reach for your headphones and it was like that jum- jumbled up cord. Mm-hmm. And so you're trying to get it straight and untie mm-hmm. the knot. Um, so kind of organizing my thoughts has always been necessary for me, like writing mm-hmm. down a list and just mm-hmm. being able to see things out and checking in with myself Um I think depression is very real. It's definitely Mm -hmm. something that I have visited and have experienced at multiple points in my life. And then for the first time since launching this, and honestly, it came after I won that money, I had like severe performance anxiety. Wow. Like I was scared to spin. I was scared to talk. I was scared to do anything because I didn't want to mess it up. Mm. And although it didn't come with any obligation, I didn't have to do anything for the money at all. Mm -hmm. But I just was so afraid of disappointing the investors Mm -hmm. and disappointing my community and just anybody attached to me. Like, I did not want to just completely mess it up. And so I was frozen and I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. I didn't create anything, like no content. Like I didn't. Oh, my God. Probably for like at least a month. Like, I was just shook. Like, I don't want to do it. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I know somebody needs to be on the social media page. So then Mm -hmm. I hired somebody else. But um, I think, like you said, like, vocalizing it. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so much power in our words and what we say. And so being able to to communicate that with with someone and Mm -hmm. with multiple someones. And it's like, the more that you say it, the smaller it gets. Mm -hmm. Like, you you realize, like, okay, this is a small thing. And most importantly, there's a solution to this. So... My mindset, understanding that, you know, depression is a very real thing that I deal with. And so it's something that I have to manage. So checking in with myself often, mm-hmm. um, leaning deep into my spiritual practice is so important to me. Mm-hmm. And that can range from, you know, everything from literally praying to, you know, watching a sermon that I like or going for a hike, connecting mm-hmm. with nature. Like that's mm-hmm. a huge part of my spiritual practice. Um, exploring different wellness modalities, like what works for me. Yoga's not it for me. Yeah. Like that's not my thing, but sound baths are. Mm-hmm. Um, so just understanding all of those things. Books. I love a book. Mm-hmm. I love a good book. I love a good podcast. Paper or- Paper, because I gotta write notes. Paper, I gotta write notes. I'm just checking. (laughs) I gotta fold my pages. I gotta (laughs) highlight. I love my books. So um, all of those things, like really to to kind of fill in those those gaps to keep my mindset um, clear, and then honestly honoring wherever I am in that moment, and not mm-hmm. feeling like I gotta push through mm-hmm. to get to the other side. It's like if I'm feeling afraid, it's like okay, let's sit with it for a second. Why? Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't mean like it's not a good mindset day, or you're not you're not you don't have faith or whatever. It's just you feeling low, right? And you you're and you're allowed that. that grace. Right. Yeah. Experience right. it, feel it, and then figure out a way to connect with whatever is on the other side. Because mm-hmm. whatever's on the other side is always greater than where you are in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I'm at, I'm at this show. I got to go live. I'm scared. I don't feel, I, you know, I'm having serious imposter syndrome. But on the other side, I know it's going to feel so good to have it completed. Right. And I know that it's going to open up so many other opportunities. Let right. me get there. Let me right. do what's necessary to get to that spot. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Now let's talk about these nails because we're nail girls and but we got the plainest nails ever like in life i don't do solids so i saw that you did a solid like red and i was like oh wait i did solids i got two colors but still like how much do you love nails like that was these are like my tools as a makeup artist i always was like you know we were trained to wear all black always and you know kind of trained to you're the background you're Mm -hmm. the help like you you set the stage for the talent to go on and look great and it's not about you so um 
I, my nails like have always been an extension of my creative side. So like in high school, they were long and neon green, like very (laughs) um, Coco from SWV inspired. Mm -hmm. I'm dating myself again, but it was always that, like always a lot of extra. And I, I loved it. I'm trying to remember the first time I fell in love with nails. And as you mentioned, Coco from SWV, I'm thinking back to... Um, what was the Flojo? Flojo. Flojo. I had her On Barbie doll with those nails. And the that Barbie doll over. had the nails. And I, I think that that's all. when I fell in love with nails. Me too. But my parents really wouldn't let me get them. And then I started getting <laughs> acrylics in high school and I rocked out for a minute, but then my nails were trash. Yep. And now we have our own nails. We grew them out, girl. Yes. And we have healthier ways to get tips and stuff. But yeah, like yes. nails has all, I'm just thinking that was so long ago. I agree. Right? I agree. It was a really long time ago. I love it. And I especially like thinking about Flojo. Like she was working in a, you know, working in a field. She was running track where traditionally you would, you know, have very short nails. Mm-hmm. Not because anybody dictated it, but just because that was the norm. That was I a love thing. that. Yes. She pushed the boundaries and she stayed mm-hmm. true to herself. And that was her way to express herself, you know, and she rocks with it. And I yes. love that. I love that too. So this is probably the simplest you'll see our nails. Next time they're going to have designs and swirls and colors. All kind of colors. I've done lots. I love doing that on my nails. Me too. Okay. I love that. And I need to know who your your girl is down here. So when I'm here, I could, Oh yeah, because she's bomb. Okay, good. Yeah, she's bomb. You're in good hands. Well, listen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Have me back. Absolutely. Girl, we can do a part two. We can talk about a whole nother topic. Like, we can absolutely do it. I love it. Um, Let the people know where they can find you and where they can shop your products. Are your products still available for sale during the rebrand? Yeah. Okay, smart. Products are still available for sale if you're in Atlanta you can visit um, my retail location. I have a setup inside of the Village Retail, which is upstairs in Pont City Market. Of course, you can shop my website, which is just www.lookgoodlivewell.com. Um, I am on social media platforms. It's my name, Ariane Turner, A-R-I-A-N-E dot T-U-R-N-E-R. Like I said, it goes down in my DMs. Not in the ways that I would like. <laughs> Not like that. Not Fellas, a, yeah, back up. Like, yeah, actually, respectfully going. Yeah. Yeah. DMs, please thank you yeah, come respectfully but um, <laughs> i really i love people and i love connecting with them i love a voice note probably these days more than the Those text are so they are easy. so i'm like yes. quick to call somebody or quick to send a little voice note but i love connecting um, about all things health wellness and beauty so yeah love it. i would love to stay connected thank you so much thank you for having me absolutely i hope you all enjoyed this episode and i will see you next time